You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start covering the Chargers for San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers together for the last six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. Now this is the fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. A special thank you for anyone checking out the show today for the first time. We really appreciate that. And another thank you to all of our loyal fans checking back in with us again. If you don't already, make sure to go follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from so you never miss an episode. But on today's show, we're going to be talking about our love for Forrest Lamp as the news comes out that he has been signed to the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk about the hype train that never got to the station and also that 2017 draft class which now only has one player remaining on the Chargers roster, which is not good. But in the second segment today, since we are pretty much done with free agency, we're going to be getting into an AFC West recap and talk about some of the moves the rest of the AFC West has done. If anyone made any giant leaps as far as putting themselves either further in the lead or making themselves competitive in the AFC West. And then to wrap up the show, we'll take a look at the NFL.com's roster reset that has the AFC West and the Chargers specifically talk about the biggest signing the biggest loss and the final thoughts that they had about what the Chargers need going forward to wrap up the show today so let's go ahead and get into it it was reported that the Buffalo Bills and guard Forrest Lamp have agreed to terms on a one-year deal Forrest Lamp was a guy for the Chargers who really the entire fan base got behind David right I mean he was a second round pick in the 2017 draft Last year was finally the year he got to start all 16 games after having injuries totally derail the first few seasons of his career. And then I don't think he had the season that he would have wanted to have, but I'll still never forget, you know, how much, you know, we talked about Forrest Lamp, how excited we were about Forrest Lamp. And now maybe he gets a chance to move on to the Buffalo Bills and kind of get to that potential we never got to see with the Chargers. Yeah, Forrest Lamp had such an incredible pedigree coming out of college. I mean, he was, without a doubt, the consensus number one offensive lineman in that draft class. And, yeah, we were all very excited to have him. I mean, all of us talked very glowingly about the potential of adding a guy who had that kind of potential on the Chargers offensive line. But that potential never got to be uh, never got activated unfortunately with the injuries it just derailed him and slowed him down and i think it really affected his development and his confidence as well so last year when he really got his first opportunity to go out there and and play and really you know be comfortable being the starter and be and being healthy i just think that lack of development with those injuries uh, that he had previously never really allowed him to be fully 100% comfortable um, and so I think the change a change of scenery for Forrest is exactly what he needs. I still think that he has a ton of potential. I still thought that he should have been given an opportunity to play tackle, which the Chargers never gave him. 
And so hopefully, you know, the Buffalo Bills will see that, give him an opportunity. And also this will just allow him to have a full offseason healthy, get into, you know, offseason programs, get into a new unit healthy and ready to go out there and really show what he's capable of doing. Because like I said, I think what the forest lamp that we've seen, Daniel, is not the forest lamp that he is capable of showing us. And Sam Tevy had a much better season than Forrest Lamp did, but I think we were all hoping if there was one offensive lineman to bring back potentially even just as a depth piece and not even a starter, it was Forrest Lamp because you're still kind of yearning to see what that turns into just because, yeah, I mean, this was finally his season to come in as the starter and you get COVID-19 where you get, you know, no preseason games, no chance to really have a normal offseason and this year it will be a little bit different at least they go into it knowing kind of what they need to do because the plan kind of came together haphazardly last season when all this stuff happened so definitely looking forward to what he turns into but he's just the you know one of the drops in the bucket of the chargers getting rid of basically their entire offensive line from 2020 i mean four starters that you don't expect to bring back and that's not even including mike pouncey right who was injured before last season and would have been the starter at center had he not, you know, had that injury that basically at this point ended his career, right? So I think that this is just a total retooling of the offensive line with one obvious exception, and that's the left tackle position. And we'll continue to talk about that until we get into the draft. But the other thing that this kind of brought up was just the fact that now officially since the 2017 draft class for the Chargers only has one player remaining on the roster, and that is Mike Williams. So now that you've seen guys like Sam Tevy, Forrest Lamp, Dan Feeney, Isaac Rochelle all go to other places, you're realizing that, yeah, you only have Mike Williams and you only have him technically for one more season guaranteed because of that fifth-year option. But it's not clear at this point that the Chargers are going to extend him beyond that. We know that they love him, but that's a pretty serious indictment, David, on the Chargers front office and Tom Telesco just because if six of those picks at this point, you either traded away, you know, a guy like Desmond King or you let them go to other teams because they didn't pan out for you, which isn't great. It just seems like anyone who was not named Keenan Allen in the third round just hasn't had very much success for the Chargers if they were not drafted in the first round. Their first round picks have had some good success with Joey Bosa and Mike Williams. You know, and even Mike Williams was definitely a bit of a reach, I mean, in that draft, especially considering <laughs> who got picked around him I mean I think we can comfortably say that but that it is a huge indictment on Tom Telesco it just inability to find depth throughout the draft in the you know second third fourth fifth sixth rounds seventh rounds has just not been a strong suit of Tom Telesco and I think it's manifested itself in the lack of depth that we've seen throughout the years so he needs to turn it around and I think you know this is just a, a glaring example of how he has not made the most of the opportunities that he's had in the draft. It just hasn't worked out for him. So this year, he needs to have more success in the later rounds, building that depth. And who knows who, who had influence on those picks. But at the end of the day, he's the man in charge. So he's the one that has to wear the blame or enjoy the success. And right now, in the later rounds, he hasn't enjoyed very much success. I mean, I would say it's not even the later rounds, right? I mean... That's still the second round pick from that draft class, Forrest Lamp. Third round pick, Dan Feeney. Rayshon Jenkins is a fourth round pick. I would say that's a good call, but I mean, you weren't able 
to re-sign him. He wasn't in the plans for the future. And the draft class before that, 2016, with Hunter Henry moving on to the Patriots, now Joey Bosa is the only player from that draft class that is still on the roster. So that does seem to be, you know, against, as we talked about before the show, their mantra of having their own guys developing them and re-signing them because the guys they drafted in those years, they weren't able to retain. So that is, I think, an indictment on the front office. And I just think that we'll see how some of these other draft classes pan out. But there's some big question marks and even his most recent drafts that I think we're still unsure at this point whether they're, you know, average to above average players. And there's a lot of guys that still fit in that category. But we'll see what the adjustments are made with this new coaching staff and if that can bring anything from these most recent draft classes that we didn't see under Anthony Lynn and company. But we do have two more segments to get into because we do have to get into our AFC West free agency recap done by NFL.com, the roster a reset, kind of just giving our quick thoughts on each of the other teams in the AFC West and if anyone kind of separated themselves as having the best free agency, period. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that if there's any auto part that you ever need, you always should be going to rockauto.com. And I know this because I've done it myself. I've already had several parts that I've ordered from rockauto.com. And for me, as someone that doesn't know a lot about cars, I mean, the two things I really want are convenience and I want the best price available. And I've had to, you know, call my stepdad to make sure I've gotten good prices on things because he's a mechanic and he always tells me I'm getting a good price with rockauto.com. And whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver, Everybody gets the same price and you'll be able to find anything that you're looking for for your car while getting it delivered right to your door. You don't have to go to the store in a few easy clicks on rockauto.com. You can find the part that you're looking for and get it delivered to you. But just go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. So, David, we have talked a lot about free agency and all the big moves that the Chargers have made and didn't make throughout this process. And we like a lot of the signings that the Chargers did bring in, especially revolving around the offensive line. But one thing that we haven't really talked about is what the rest of the AFC West is doing. And NFL.com came out with an article getting into their roster resets, looking at what every team kind of looks like from a roster construction standpoint at this point after free agency headed into the draft. And The Chargers are on here, but I want to start with the rest of the AFC West. And I think we should start with the champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. So when you looked at this article and you looked at their biggest addition, their biggest loss, things like that, what stood out to you the most? The fact that they're a bunch of wizards. I mean, the (laughs) fact that they were able to sign guys just at all in this free agency period when they were in cap hell before this started is absolutely incredible to me. So I, I really have to start with that up front. But the fact that, you know, they got Joe Thune when, you know, the Chargers were supposed, supposedly in on him as well and the amount of money that they signed him to is just in- insane, but they they needed to do that. They already lost both of their tackles last year by cutting them, you know, after they got hurt. So they had to bring in a guy who could kind of instill some confidence in Patrick Mahomes after he was running for his life practically all year last year. So, I mean, I think they were okay. Uh, I mean, I don't think they got overwhelmingly better. But, again, they were already, you know, a really good football team. So the fact that they didn't regress very much I think is a win for them. Yeah, and, I mean, as we've talked about, I mean, missing both of your tackles is a big deal, right, because both of those guys – were a big part of why they had so much success. And you saw what happened in the Super Bowl when they didn't have 
those guys, and their offensive line was a mess. So I liked a couple of the signings they made, I and mean, we'll see what happens with Kyle Long. We'll see what happens with Austin Blythe. But I do think that they, you know, were able to keep some of that offensive line together and improve on, you know, the guard position with Joe Tooney. But, I mean, they still have to go get somebody. Maybe they bring back Eric Fisher after his Achilles injury. Maybe they feel good about Mike Remmers at right tackle. But, yeah, I mean, it looks like they pretty much stayed exactly where they were. It doesn't seem like at this point they did anything to make them not the favorites in the AFC West next year. But left tackle, just assuming you're going to get a left tackle with the 31st overall pick in the draft is something that definitely has to be questioned. But at the same time, I did like a couple of the signings that they made. I like the Jerron Reed signing. I like the fact that they were able to bring back some key players from their last team. And their biggest loss, I mean, was the tackles and Sammy Watkins, but nothing devastating where you feel like they took a huge step back. But let's get into the next team here. Let's talk about the Broncos and what the Broncos were able to do. As this puts it, their biggest addition was Kyle Fuller. I think that's a nice addition. Losing Jeremiah at Tauchu is something that they're saying is a big loss. I mean, it seemed like he played a key reserve role for them, but it's not something that you look at and you're like, oh, no, that's devastating, right? So the biggest need for them, according to this, and Jelani Scott is still the quarterback position. And I think that has to be the biggest thing, right, David? I mean, you feel pretty good about the fact that, of course, the Broncos will probably come back and have a really good defense with Vic Fangio. They have some promising young receivers that you could feel okay about, and you know we'll see what happens with that, but it seems like the big thing is still the quarterback position. It's always the quarterback position, and the Broncos have had such instability at the quarterback position since Peyton Manning was their QB. I mean, it's really kind of comical. I mean, (laughs) they just don't believe in anyone who they've thrown out there, whether it's Joe Flacco or Drew Locke or... I mean, any of the other rookies that <laughs> had some ridiculous success against the Chargers. It just never forget Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the list goes on and on and Case on. Keenum. I mean, it's incredible. The Chargers have had a, just a handful of quarterbacks and in, in, in the last twenty years, and the, the Broncos have had like fifteen, which which is unbelievable. But yes, I, I think there's they don't believe in Drew Locke. They haven't seen anything from him in his first couple of years that would really, you know, instill any confidence in his ability to lead this team. So I agree that quarterback is the biggest need. And now will they take that in the first round? I mean, hopefully because they're a team that drafts before the chargers. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think this is another, I mean, besides Kyle Fuller, which I, I agree that I wanted Kyle Fuller. I wanted the chargers to go get him. I thought it would be a perfect fit. They didn't get it done. The Broncos got it done. So definitely kudos to them. But I don't think they got overwhelmingly better either, Daniel. I just think that they're just, they had an okay offseason. Well, it's hard just to say that they took a big step towards, you know, even being like the definitive number two team in the AFC West, right? I mean, last year that was the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, maybe you could say that right now they look better, you know, on paper than the Raiders do. I mean, I think there's probably arguments for both sides. But I would say that, I mean, as long as you don't have that stability at the quarterback position, I think there's certain things with Drew Locke, and we've seen it, because he's turned it on in some Chargers games and come back and beat the Chargers, and he's had some really good throws and played well under pressure, and then you see him going up against some other teams, and he looks like a backup quarterback, right? And just making mistakes, making bad throws. I mean, there's just... Consistency has always been the problem with Drew Locke. Well, I can understand why, you know, some people can talk themselves into it, but you're just getting to the point where it's crunch time. 
and then still having him, it's hard to just think, okay, Drew Locke's going to take a giant step. The Broncos are going to be much better. But I do think they have a chance to be better defensively, especially, you know, bringing back Justin Simmons, bringing back Kareem Jackson. I mean, I like some of the underlying moves. Getting a healthy Von Miller. Yeah, getting Von Miller back will still be huge. Still have Bradley Chubb. I mean, they have a lot of talent, especially on that defense. But they still have some needs, too, as well. Like cornerback, I think, will be a big one there. One of the teams that's predicted to take corner in round one. So that's definitely a need. But let's get into the last team, last and least team, the Las Vegas Raiders, right? The Chargers' biggest rival, I would say. I think they're probably like every AFC West team's biggest rival, right? Everyone kind of hates the Raiders in the AFC West, but their <laughs> free agency period was well, kind of their weird. players too, right? I yeah. mean, their their own players didn't like them very much either. Yeah, and I mean, talk about turnover, a ton of turnover on this roster. So the biggest addition they have on here from Jelani Scott on NFL.com is Yannick Ngakwe. I like Yannick Ngakwe. I think he's more of just a pure pass rusher than an overall all-around defender, I would say, but I like that signing for them. Losing I like Nelson that signing, Aguilar. but I love the clip from Philip Rivers and Yannick Ngakwe where he's like, I will get in your face. I will get in your face. And he's like, right, I'm have to talk to you. After- yeah, 90-yard touchdown. Yannick Ngakwe is like, I'm going to have to talk to you after the after the game. You could tell he got butt hurt right there. I missed that funny. intro. That used to be in our intro. If you go back and find some old shows. Before we got in trouble for using our own stuff for our intro, that was such a good intro. But, yeah, I mean, Yannick Ngakwe, that's nice. Nelson Aguilar losing him. I mean, he had a really good season for them. Best season out of any of their wide receivers, including, you know, their first-round pick, Henry Ruggs. But they do have some guys that, you know, in that position. Hunter Renfro, who seems to kill the Chargers, Henry Ruggs. But they also lose Tyrell Williams. And now their biggest need, as they have it, is the offensive line because, you know, they ended up trading Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson, but they were able to retain, you know, Richie Incognito, who's still at this point is somehow playing well. Denzel Good, they extended Colton Miller. I don't see it as a huge loss on the offensive line there. I mean, I still think they have some guys, and it seems like their offensive line is always just leaning on the Chargers and creating, you know, five yards before contact. But I will say at the same time, they had some really weird signings, man. This one has been the hardest for me easily to kind of tell what actually changed, what got better, what got worse on this team. Yeah, I mean, the Kenyon Drake contract yeah. is like, what? <laughs> what were you thinking when you made the, <laughs> made this deal? I mean, I'm sure Kenyon Drake and his agent were jumping for joy that they got this amount of money out of the Raiders. But, yeah, that was definitely a head-scratcher, especially after they have Josh, Josh Jacobs, who has been pretty fantastic the first couple years of his career so that that definitely was a head scratcher to me but I mean I think it's just been all all of the comments from all of the the players that have said that you know it's not a good place to play and they don't like the environment and all that uh, coupled with the fact that they didn't get much better either and I still think their biggest opportunity is on their defense their defense there's just nobody really on that defense that scares you and I think that's the problem even with the addition of Yannick Ngakwe which I like I said I like Yannick Ngakwe I think he's definitely going to help them but he's not going to be enough I, I still think that defense is still way too soft in the back end and in the middle uh, and I don't think they've done enough to fix it yeah they brought in Quentin Jefferson but they lose Malik Collins who was really hurt for them last year I mean, they have Jonathan Hankins back, who's been there for a little bit. The back end, though, I mean, no giant additions to the back end. LaMarcus Joyner went to the Jets. He wasn't really great for them anyways. I mean, it's a lot of, you know, Solomon Thomas, can he bounce back? You know, John Brown, can he bounce back? A lot of can he bounce back guys 
with the Raiders. You know, we'll see how it works out, but just a ton of turnover for them in free agency. We'll see kind of how it all gels together, right? But we do have one more segment to get into because we do have to take a look at the Chargers and their free agency recap, basically getting into the roster reset for them, talking about their biggest addition, their biggest need, biggest loss, all of those things coming up right after this. First, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked on Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. If you guys like betting on sports, there's only one place to do it, and it's BetOnline. And right now, we have baseball starting back up. We have the NBA in full swing. You also have the NHL to bet on as well as, you know, things like UFC and golf on the weekends. The Masters is coming up right now as we speak. So there's a lot of stuff that you guys can bet on. And whatever event you're watching, whatever you like to watch, you can bet on it with betonline.ag. And it's just going to make it that much more interesting while you're watching it. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up. And you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, all caps, for free money to bet with at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So, we took a look at NFL.com's AFC West roster reset, and we talked about what the rest of the teams in the division have done so far in free agency and the holes they still have left over. And, like those teams, I mean, the Chargers had a very pointed issue that they wanted to address in free agency, and it was obviously the offensive line. And, there's no doubt about their biggest signing being Corey Lindsley, and that was exactly how they saw it as well. I mean, just bringing in such an improvement at that position. A guy for an offensive line, as they put it, that gave up 177 pressures Justin Herbert faced last season, which was fourth most according to next-gen stats. That's not good, and the Chargers have brought in potentially three improvements on the offensive line. It's not just Corey Lindsley. Right, it's the other guys, Matt Filer and Odea Bushi, too, that make you feel good about improving what was a terrible unit, frankly, in 2020. But the biggest loss here, David Hunter Henry, that's no surprise. And the top draft priority is left tackle. So when you're looking over this and seeing kind of what they saw in the Chargers free agency period, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't disagree with the assessment. I think they, they definitely hit the nail on the head with this. Corey Lindsley picking up the best center, getting somebody who is the best at their position and bringing them in, especially on the offensive line, I thought was a phenomenal uh, signing, a huge win for the Chargers. I mean, they just don't do that. It's very, very off-key. Off I'm uh, trying to, to think of the go. last time when they did sign someone where you're like, okay, that guy is the best at his position. Exactly. And that's my point. I just, they have never done it. At least not that since I've been covering the Chargers the last, or we have been covering the Chargers the last, what, six or seven years now. I mean, they've never done this. So to see them go out there and, and do this when we know they, that they had the cap space to do it, just because they had the money didn't mean in the past that they spent the money, uh, especially on specific needs, but they did that in this offseason. They really targeted the offensive line, and I firmly believe on paper they got exponentially better. Obviously, you still got to strap it up and go out there and play, but they you know, they fixed several positions on a much maligned offensive line. Obviously, we know that left tackle is still a big question mark right now and a position they're probably going to address very early in the draft, which they said that that's the biggest need, which obviously I agree. And yeah, losing Hunter Henry being the biggest departure, that's that's clear. I mean, Hunter Henry was one of the more complete tight ends in the NFL, and they're going to have to replace everything that he was able to do and what, what he brought to the table, you know, being a captain and, and also just 
being a very complete tight end. That's definitely going to be a big problem. Um, but I, I mean, I still think there are other needs, Daniel, that they, you know, they didn't really highlight that the Chargers still need to go after. Well, I mean, they talked about the big two, right? Their top draft priority was left tackle, and they named Marshawn Slater and Elijah Vera Tucker as the two prospects who might be available when the Chargers are on the clock. I would agree with that assessment. But in the final thoughts, they also talked about, you know, it's hard to imagine that Brandon Staley isn't going to add a ton of defenders in this draft class as well. I mean, especially because, yes, we can talk about the big additions. They improved their offensive line flatly before they even bring in a left tackle at this point just because of the how much better those other guys were than the guys the Chargers had as recently as last season, really, over the course of their career. So that's undeniable. But you did have losses. I mean, you got worse at inside linebacker with the loss of Denzel Perryman. You got worse at safety with the loss of Rayshon Jenkins. I mean, just because I mean, he was a starting safety for you, and you don't necessarily still know what you have in Nazir Adderley, but that really wasn't promising last year. And you also lost out at tight end, even though you at least have some sort of replacement there with Jared Cook. You have some sort of replacement for Melvin Ingram in Kyler Fackrell. But obviously, David, there's still a lot, a lot of work to do. And their offseason grade is going to be solely based on if they can add depth to this team, which they don't have a ton of right now. And also just replacing Casey Hayward, replacing, you know, Sam Tevy at left tackle and finding guys that can come in and help defensively too. The positive thing is, is they have a lot of draft capital to get that done. I mean, unfortunately, like we talked about earlier in the show, you can't really <laughs> feel too comfortable that Tom Telesco is the guy that's ultimately making the picks uh, when the draft comes around. But I mean, you got to hope that he sees that there are many things that the Chargers need to address, maybe even getting another wide receiver that Craig brought up on yesterday's show, maybe even running back as well as another, uh, you know, under the radar type of, uh, of need. Also, defensive line. I think there are so many other places that the Chargers need to address, along with the ones that we mentioned that you, you really have to feel like the Chargers need to nail this draft. I mean, they really need to nail this draft, especially after the first pick. I mean, you can't come out of this 2021 draft class and only have one guy you feel good about. That just that's not going to cut it anymore. The Chargers need to get 3 to 5 impact guys that are going to help the team immediately in this draft. And given the track record, that is a very tall task. It is. I mean, I think you can look at the offense and really just say I think that the offense will be better in 2021 just because it should be more functional with an offensive line that should be able to open up more holes in the running game giving Justin Herbert more time to throw the ball and letting guys who need a little bit more time in the routes like Mike Williams get open and the speed threats they have on the outside with Tyron Johnson the offensive line helps all of those things right so I think you can safely assume that the offense will be better in 2021 even before we get into the draft and he could look that much better with a left tackle but at the same time, defensively, trying to get Brandon Staley's guys, finding a guy who can play safety that makes you feel better about the only three you have being Nazir Adderley, Derwin James, and Alohi Gilman as really the only backup safety. You need somebody there. At corner, you need to take the place of Casey Hayward Jr. And obviously, I'm sure Brandon Staley has some guys in mind, but those are big-time question marks that you have on the defense as well as how can you improve a pass rush that has been so bad over the last couple of seasons has been underwhelming and underachieving. I would say obviously Brandon Staley is going to have to help a lot with that 
We're hoping he can get more out of certain players that we haven't necessarily seen succeed on the field. Guys like Jerry Tillery, guys like Nazir Adderley, but we still haven't seen that at this point, right? So I do think the Chargers will go very defense heavy in this draft class. And I think that at least hopefully with Brandon Staley having more of an impact on the guys he wants to bring in, combining with you know Tom Telesco and the scouting department, they can bring in some guys that have more of an impact than like a 2017 or a 2016 draft class where at this point you only have a couple of impact players left from those classes still on the roster. But I just think the biggest question in free agency is, did the Chargers take a significant step towards catching up with the Chiefs? And I think, David, it just, at least in my opinion, it's hard to say that right now. I mean, I can, I can understand why you say that, but I think the overhaul on the offensive line is such a big thing that the Chargers have neglected for so many years and the fact that they have spent money and they have allocated resources to really finally truly fixing this position of paramount importance that I think they have greatly improved their chances now obviously all this is on paper so the Chargers still need to get everybody to get that chemistry going and you have to unlock potential from players that we talked about earlier like Nas and Tillery and other guys like you know Kenneth Murray but until that happens yeah I can understand you know why you would feel that they didn't really get too much better but I think the offensive line is a big big tipping point for me I'm not even necessarily saying that they didn't get better I'm just more saying like what they did in free agency so far isn't making me say, oh, okay, now it's either them or the Chiefs in the division. They're definitely going to have a chance to win the division. I still feel like the Kansas City Chiefs are the clear favorites in this division as we head into the draft, and we'll see how that plays out. But there's been too many failed experiments. I mean, Tom Telesco spent capital last year with Brian Bulaga and Trey Turner to try to rebuild some of that offensive line, but still went into it with Sam Tevy at left tackle. And now I have to put faith in him taking a tackle with the 13th pick, right? And having that be the answer for Justin Herbert, you know, relying on the guy who thought Trey Pipkins was going to be a starter for the Chargers and their potential future left tackle. So obviously at this point, I do think that there's a lot of work to be done between them and the Kansas City Chiefs and that being a competitive for the division. And that could feel differently after the draft class, right? So I just think the Chiefs did enough in free agency to kind of stand pat and not really get a lot worse And for me, that's enough to still call them the clear favorites in the West. But hopefully Tom Telesco, you know, kind of blows all of our minds and really just hits it out of the park with the help of Brandon Staley and this new coaching staff. And the Chargers get a lot better in the draft and they have those guys come in and compete early on. But that is going to do it for today's show. On tomorrow's show, since this is kind of the end of free agency, we'll talk about the guy who got away. Our favorite free agents that would have made sense for the price that ended up on other teams. And we'll also be getting into the Chargers' biggest bargain signings in free agency and some underrated guys that they brought in that we haven't got to talk about very much as well. So until then, guys, make sure to go give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page at LockedOnChargers, as well as giving us a follow on our new Instagram page, which you can find at LockedOnChargers as well. If you don't already, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Spotify, the new Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, You can find us there, and that's the fastest and easiest way to get the show. And make sure to rate and review if you can as well. But if you want to get on the show, there's a voicemail line you can call into. The number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail 
played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow to put a bow on free agency and get into a surprise player that could still end up on the Chargers in free agency and much more. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.